Um, so yeah, we're uh, we're going to war in Iran now. Live tweeting the war, which is particularly funny because Trump had that tweet from like the Obama administration that was like, "He's going to start a war in Iran just so he can win re-election." It's like, man, there's always a tweet. Is that strategy still sound? I'm not really sure. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've been curious about too. Like, does the American electorate like want another? Like, endless war in the Middle East? That seems like a thing that everybody's pretty much against at this point. Right. The George Bush theory was, like, you can't change horses in the middle of a race because if you start a war, you don't want to change who the president is if the president is leading the war. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the saying, yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure in the middle of the war, you always were changing horses because your horse was always, like, getting shot out from under you. That's another turn of phrase i mean at least with bush you got the idea that they were planning for the war they had a strategy even though it was a terrible strategy that wasn't going to work i mean at least they were formulating yeah. a strategy based on something yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting i mean you see all of the same like neocon like warhawks you know rallying for this but i'm not sure that they have the base for it anymore i'm not sure they have the the support well i think sean hannity's pretty into it I don't know. I need the Dixie Chicks to weigh in on this. Oh, you might get your chance because they're supposed to have an album coming out in 2020. I mean, I've been thinking that the war in Iraq was about due for a comeback. It's 2020 now. You got that like 20 year nostalgia built up for, you know, everything in the early <laughs> 2000s. I think it's the perfect time for this war to come back in a huge, huge way. It's going to be a huge trend for the next decade. Right. So so you're so you're thinking of of the wars as sort of like the way high waisted jeans come back around like every twenty five years or something. Oh, absolutely. This is this is going to be the hottest trend of twenty twenty. I mean, Kate, what do you, what do you think? Do you think it's a is it a trendy thing? We're we're going to get back into like a war in the Middle East because you know because of that like kind of retro nostalgia thing. I, I'm I'm in no way a foreign policy expert, but it, it seems like there is uh, endless justifications for wars in the Middle East. And I, I did think to myself, oh, you know, now that it's 2020, there will probably be something that will probably be coming soon. Well, I mean, we, we are furthering the, you know, the rebuilding of the Third Temple in Jerusalem. I mean, maybe this is, we, we all read the Left Behind books, right? Like this is... The, the eventual steps toward and then they'll elect Bernie Sanders and he'll be the Antichrist and yes yeah. exactly yeah. man I thought Obama was the Antichrist how many Antichrists they got up in here it's just like an <laughs> endless stream it's like every Democrat they get is the Antichrist it's crazy Welcome back to the Liquid Flannel Podcast from Arlington, Texas. I am Matthew Hodges, joined in the year of our Lord 2020 by my stalwart comrade and co-host in Omaha, Nebraska, Brendan Williams. Hello, Brendan. Happy uh, post-holidays. Thank you. My 2020 resolution is to get into podcasting. Uh, it's very popular now. The Emperor from Star Wars is getting into it. <laughs> yeah, finally. <laughs> Hopping on this trend. Uh, it, it's a, It's... I'm a trendsetter for the year 2020. <laughs> and joining us as our very first guest of the year, and somebody that I'm really excited to have on the show because I've been a fan for a long time, um, from New York City, um, not in the Midwest, but you know, you, you know that you get that sometimes from our show. 
I'm from the real America. From the real America. Exactly. And the the co-host of the Reply Guys podcast and all around just super successful like comedian and like cool person kate willett hi kate thank you for hi. joining us thanks for having me i'm so excited to be on the show it's super cool to have you here yeah it's uh i'm not sure i'm not sure that we have uh as organized a topic as you tend to talk about um when you do podcasts but uh we're we're awfully glad that you decided to join us well, thank you again for having me. I'm stoked. I like flannel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's what's a key interest of mine. And also, and also liquids. Yes. Yes. Yeah. In fact, a little backstory for the for the listeners. Um, I did what I do all all the time on Twitter, which was hit Kate up when I saw an opportunity because she tweeted about how uh, it's ridiculous that. Uh, people think that women get into socialism so that they can meet men. And Kate, I think your tweet was something like, because uh, like all of the men you meet through socialism uh, live in their mom's basements and have three podcasts. I don't know if I said, I actually haven't dated anybody that lives in their mom's basement. Most of the <laughs> men that I've, most of the socialist men that I've dated live in their own basements. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to each according to his basement. Self self-made basement dwellers. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. See, but that's a that's a very regionalistic thing too, right? I mean, it's it's a little bit uh it's a little bit bougie to assume that people have basements cuz down here yeah, in North I, Texas, we definitely don't have any basements. Yeah, I think it does depend that California is not a big basement place either. There are some. There's not zero, but it's not a not a huge basement situation. Right. Yeah, building building on the circle of fire or building on just the giant mud flat that is uh, North Texas. Not not really good for for basements, but basement or not, I don't think I would date a guy that wasn't a socialist probably because. Oh man, I went on a couple dates with this guy last year and he was just really obsessed with how uh, Trump was uh, a Russian puppet and he was like watching Rachel Maddow every day and I just realized I was going to have to talk about Robert Mueller way more than I wanted to (laughs) if I dated that guy. (laughs) So like anybody to the right of Rachel Maddow is pretty much off the table. I think so. I mean, I don't know. I I talk about politics a lot just with my friends and stuff like that. So it would would be hard for me to date somebody who I think wasn't a socialist just because I don't know, man. I I mean, my last boyfriend didn't my last boyfriend didn't really like talking about politics. And it was just like, I don't know, it was hard because I think about it a lot. Yeah. I mean, that that might. I could see that being a little bit better than somebody who had politics that were like misaligned with yours. You know? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think especially if you think about politics a lot, it just, I don't know, it, it can become really consuming. I'm trying to think about it, not like less, but like more um, like sort of uh, spaced out, like try to give myself some periods of time where I don't think about it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know doing the show, it makes it really hard for when I talk to people and they're like, oh, you're super into politics. And then I get ready to start talking to them. But then they just say something like, oh, I was, you know, I was watching on CNN the other day that they had Pete Buttigieg on. And um, wow, that guy seems like a really smart guy. What do you think about him? And I'm like, <laughs> right. oh. I don't yeah. know if I could do this right now. I'm not I'm not mentally prepared uh, to have this conversation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just weird because it's like, I think in the past year, politics really started feeling like something that wasn't a game to me. Um, I mean, I always kind of followed it. And it's not like I, it's not like I thought that, um, I, I never was one of those people that thought about it like it was like a team sport or something. But you weren't you weren't waiting to go back to brunch once we got rid of Donald Trump for whatever. No, no. But at the same time, like I, you know, I, I mean, I was always pretty left, but I wasn't like I would. I don't think I would have said I was a socialist until maybe like I don't know less than a year ago. And what happened was um, there was a a man that I was really close to was my boyfriend and uh he uh died and that was I think his death was very preventable if he had health insurance, you yeah. know, and that really made it feel like I don't know, that just made the stakes feel way more real to me. I mean, like obviously grieving someone's death is really hard anyway, but it's just like it just makes you think about the world in a different way. If you're thinking about stuff like in terms of like, okay, we need Medicare for all, like who are, you know, who are the friends of this and like, who are the enemies of this? And I think sure. I was somebody, I think I was somebody that I didn't really understand it when people were like, Oh, Democrats are bad too. Cause I was always like, well, you know, like they're so much better than Republicans. I mean, I still think so, but I mean, a lot of Democrats, I mean, they're just, they're enemies of progress in in the same way that Republicans are. And they, I mean, even though they're not like trying to, for the most part, um, like hurt LGBT folks in the same way uh, or ban abortion, even though some of them are like uh, one of the, one of the people that just signed on to that, uh, request to get the Supreme Court to overturn Roe versus Wade was a Democrat. Actually, two were. And one was backed by Nancy Pelosi over his progressive challenger. So side note, but, you know, it's just like you just realize like, OK, like when it comes to wanting to do things that will make a meaningful difference in people's lives and um, solve like this crisis that we have of people dying without health insurance um, and, you know, climate change, you know, the whole like whole host of other things like Democrats are, are not necessarily that much better on that stuff. They're beholden to the same corporations. I, I think you're totally right, Kate. And, um, you know, there, what, there was that op-ed the other day about how um, like a lot of liberals have retreated back to watching, <clears throat> excuse me, have retreated back to watching like West Wing reruns on Netflix, you know, uh, and this yeah. sort of like fantasy world where like the the best argument always wins the day and the Republicans are people that we can work with. And really, like, all you need to do is just like be wholesome and have the right values. And that's going to win in politics and i think that that's uh that that mentality accounts for a lot of the split that we see right now between 
sort of the liberal left, sort of the center-leaning left, and the left-leaning left who are looking at material considerations like access to healthcare, access to education, um, debt relief, uh, rent control, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's a lot of people, I mean, there's sort of like a few ways that people look at it like, okay, well, there's, you know, Democrats are the left and Republicans are the right. So the truth must be somewhere in the middle, you know, those people. And then you have like all the resistance boomers who are like Democrats good, Republicans bad, you know, and the left is like looking at things in terms of what's moral you know it's we're not like attached to political figures as celebrities we like so it doesn't that's it's not it's not like something isn't good because nancy pelosi likes it i think about if i like what nancy pelosi's doing you know and i think that like there's a certain way that liberals have a hard time uh, getting their head around that mentality of like, no, there's there's right and wrong. And, you know, sometimes politicians are doing things that we like and sometimes they're not. But it doesn't matter if they have a Z next to their name, you know, like that, I think, was that was, I think, something that I didn't really understand all the way until like. I had the experience of losing someone that I love because of capitalism. You know, neoliberalism was something that like, I didn't really understand. Bernie bros would uh, yell at me about that on the internet. Cause I wasn't like, I voted for Bernie Sanders, but I wasn't a socialist. And I just, you know, like I didn't, I certainly couldn't understand like the Bernie or bust people like that. That was just like, what the fuck, you know? And, uh, you know, I, I just, yeah, I think that the way that that I see things uh, has changed, and but I still understand how liberals see things because I feel like I was very in that mentality before, not that long ago, you know? I think you recently saw, like, there was a bunch of people coming out saying, like, hey, the left needs to, like, tone down the attacks that, like, people who don't support Medicare for all are like literally killing people like that's not constructive oh yeah i saw that that was so stupid yeah and it's like what like i just don't understand that that perspective at all because people think like well it's too polarizing so we just need to pre-moderate our stances to be you know more palatable to centrists it's the it's the politics of not making people feel bad you know, and, and that's exactly where you get that sort of like, we could have been at brunch right now mentality that, you know, as as long as we had, you know, a, a law professor who could speak well and didn't spend all the all of his time like tweeting from the toilet, like we could a bunch of people could pretend like the country was going just fine. You know, I didn't have to think about this. I didn't have to feel bad about you know, and and you see that when uh, you've got you know, people who are supporting, say, like Pete Buttigieg, who absolutely is like, I mean, if he's not a CIA asset, like he is friends with a bunch of them. Right. Like, yeah, that that their whole mentality about politics is basically just can we make a politics that I get to just flat ignore Yeah, I mean, and I think like, I mean, that is something like people don't, 
people don't want people don't want to feel bad about themselves, but they want to think about what's going to be like in their class interest at the same time. So it's not like you do have people that are like, I'm a centrist. There are some of those people, but like the, I it's I don't know. It's so irritating to me when people are like, um, I'm a progressive or even I'm a socialist, but then they won't support su- support socialist stuff or they hate Bernie Sanders or something like it's just right. No, you're not. Like, I mean, people want to, I think people want, like, credit for this, like, type of morality that they don't believe in. Like, nobody wants to feel bad about themselves. People aren't, aren't willing to own their beliefs. Like, you yeah, know, if you don't think that everybody should have health care. Right? Yeah, if you don't like, if you don't want everyone to have health care, own it. You know, like, just, you know, or if you think it's wrong that people don't, then think about what it would take to get there and then support those people. You can't right. you can't have it both ways. Like you can't be like, oh, I love Nancy Pelosi. She's the queen of shade or whatever without uh, <laughs> like w- without noticing that she opposes Medicare for all, you know? Yeah, it's a like a theatricality of of politics. Um, and that's uh, as, as we go into our first break here. Uh, one topic I did want to bring up was so over the Christmas break, we took a week off uh, from the show and I was actually kind of off Twitter there for a little while. And in sometime during the week that I was off Twitter, a bunch of sort of like center left leaning publications started going like, oh, holy shit, like maybe Bernie Sanders is going to win uh, and started publishing these things. And. I came back to a Twitter that had, I mean, it's, it's like the, uh, I don't know. It's like Rip Van Winkle wakes up in the middle of the, uh, like the no go zone during world war one or something like these, these different camps, like the, like the K hivers, the, the Kamala Harris supporters, the Pete Buttigieg stands. Is there, I don't know. Do we have a funny name for Pete people? I don't know. I haven't. I mean, I've never, I haven't met that many. I'm not sure it's real. <laughs> so I have yeah, no well, idea. No, I, I think, they, I think <laughs> yeah. they're all 100% online is the thing. Like, yeah. I certainly haven't met anybody in real life who really heavily supports Pete Buttigieg. I met one person. Like, oh, I met one person who supported Pete. And he was positive uh, that Pete is the one that who could bring the country together and i'm like okay he's like pete can bring people together but i'm like uh, which people man like right. uh, he has zero percent black support he is zero percent young people support like which yeah which people you know like i don't know yeah absolutely and and you see the same thing with uh i mean it seems like liz warren is kind of like topped out she's like the one person who hasn't released her uh like quarterly um fundraising numbers um, but also like Biden supporters who somehow are still trying to make excuses for every like weird thing that his mouth does. Yeah, I think Biden supporters, a lot of them are not that into Biden. They just want to win, you know. So it's it, so it's interesting to see uh, that like the like the media itself is finally starting to recognize like, oh, maybe there is actually a groundswell behind a certain kind of politics that supports working class people and actually addresses material concerns that they have. And maybe we need to get on that bus before we become completely irrelevant. I I think that that's 
that's that's my best explanation for what's yeah, going I on. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I I mean, I I'm kind of bummed that uh the primary isn't between Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. Like, I mean, I think that that would be a great primary. I think Elizabeth Warren she's not my candidate, but I think she has an interesting sort of theory that she could maybe split the difference between um the left of the party and sort of like the more center left you know um i think that her approach is more legislative versus movement based and that's not going to work but what an interesting debate that would be about like why that doesn't work you know like that would be such a great primary she deserves to be in this so much more than uh, Biden, for example, or Pete, you know, and so it, it is kind of a bummer. Yeah, that, certainly um, Amy, Amy Klobuchar has nothing to offer anybody. No, although Amy is like Amy, I like better than Pete because at least Amy is she's honest. She's honest about her beliefs. <laughs> she's you know, authentically I think that, bad. <laughs> yeah, like that's why I like I think that that's why Pete in particular inspires so much rage is because he's presenting himself as a progressive or at least he was for a long time while he's actually supporting policies that are as far right as biden's in many instances you know and uh yeah yeah i just i hate to see people get tricked i I hate to see people that's kind of how i felt a little bit with like elizabeth warren and medicare for all like it was just I kind of just wanted her to say that she supported a public option because that's what, you know, that's the way that it it seems like it was going. I know she said that she would support Medicare for all in three years, but I feel like, (laughs) right at the end of her first term, it's not a high level of commitment, but (laughs) yeah, but, um, but it's like, it's uh, frustrating to see people who like really want or need Medicare for all believe that a candidate is going to support that and you know they're not um at least that's you know that's my assessment of the situation so anyway i like amy klobuchar more than pete because amy klobuchar's attitude is like uh fuck you i don't want everyone to have health care (laughs) because we can't have that that's not what we're doing and then she'll like start to cry a little bit like because it's like so she's like very emotional about the fact that like not everyone deserves health care. Right. It's just... <laughs> well, get yeah. re- get ready for all the Republicans to be like, you know what? We also like Medicare for all, except we just spent all the money in the war in Iran. So, sorry. There's not... <laughs> right. there's not we, maybe, next, maybe next time. Yeah, I don't think the Republicans are ever going to support Medicare for all, but maybe. I don't know. Trump did. He said. Maybe. He said that he did, but then he just changed his mind. I mean, he said, he said everything on both sides of every issue 20 times. But. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he had like he had like, oh, you know, we're gonna have the greatest health plan. You know, we'll, it'll. I I don't know what it is, but it's going to be excellent. You'll love it. Um, you yeah. you will find out about that just after our our very next infrastructure week. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think it's a good place for us to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're gonna do some. You know, you tune into the show for uh, Midwest news, right? We we have a bunch of Midwest news for you. So, uh, yeah, let's take a little break there, and we'll be back with Kate Willett. Uh, yesterday, President Trump ordered the assassination of a top Iranian general, Qasem Soleimani, uh, in Iraq along with the leader of an Iraqi militia. This is a dangerous escalation that brings us closer to another disastrous war in the Middle East. 
which could cost countless lives and trillions more dollars and lead to even more death, more conflict, more displacement in that already highly volatile region of the world. Yeah, so we did some uh, we did some national news. We did some electoral politics, uh, which really is kind of out outside of our wheelhouse, honestly. So, you know, bringing it back to what the show is really about. Let's talk about what's going on in Nebraska. What's going on in the Great Plains, you guys? Uh, the Omaha World Herald had this really beautiful roundup of just bonkers stories that they reported on over the past year it was a real whipsaw i mean some some of these stories are are bonkers or some of them are just like this first story in the this is you're like oh our weirdest news stories of the year the very first one from january 2019 was like a guy threatened to kill his wife (laughs) that's like that's not really that's not really that that kind of shit just happens all the time that seems pretty routine right Ah, uh, but yeah, no, there were there were definitely some uh, some good ones in here. I mean, there were there were several stories about uh, like guns going off and people losing body parts, which is kind of I don't know, funny. Like what, these, why do these stories just keep yeah, happening? Right. When, it's when, crazy when you see them all, you know, just like in one column together. It does seem like mm, maybe there's maybe there's something we could do about this. But uh, yeah, there was the guy who uh, got mugged and he lost a toe, but later admitted that uh, him losing a toe was because he like tried to get his gun out and fumbled it and like shot his own toe off. Even though he tried to blame the mugger for it initially. Oh, I don't think I mean I don't think if there I, was a mugging involved at all. If I shot my toe off, I would try to blame I don't know if I'd blame a mugger, but I'd blame someone else, maybe a friend that I didn't like that much. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh so what if you were what if you were the guy who uh was just holding his gun in his waistband badly and shot his own dick off? That's uh who do you blame for that? <laughs> I don't know. It's just, <laughs> I'm just like imagining that guy, like sort of having a moment of self reckoning. Just like I really have no one to blame but myself. I'm the right. one who shot my dick off. <laughs> I mean, the uh, yeah. So like the the Omaha World Herald was kind of cool about it and said like a man shot himself in the genitals you know lincoln police went to brian medical center's west campus after getting a report of a man with a gunshot wound talked to the 32 year old and witnesses and received conflicting accounts on what had occurred like no he fucking he fucking dropped his gun and shot his own dick off terrible it's a real whodunit (laughs) it turns out they looked into it and there's a lot of people who were like yeah, you know, uh, I totally wanted to shoot that guy in the dick. So there's a, right. there's a lot of suspects yeah. out, out there. <laughs> I would really just like to read. A, I would like to open a paper one day and just see the phrase, he shot his own dick off. Shot his own like, dick I really, off. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> just moved to Omaha. That's, yeah, every other month. Didn't like an NFL guy do that in like like a club or something like that? Like he brought his gun into some like dance club and then it like fell out of his pocket oh, and he yeah. like shot himself in the groin or something. He's in good company, is all I'm saying. That's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> no, it's it's uh it's going to become one of those <laughs> so things cool. in 2020. Like you're not cool 
unless you drop a gun and shoot your own dick off. I mean, that's what happened to my dick. I mean, yeah. Damn. Uh, I don't R. have R. one anymore. Yeah. Pour it, pour it out for a real one. Yeah. Re- rest in peace, Kate's dick. Yeah. Well, there was a great story that, that uh, I remember. I think we may have actually talked about this on the podcast, but this was uh, of the the inmate who decided to uh, fly uh, a bag of weed into jail on a oh, drone that was so for, good. His, yeah. for his buddy. Yeah. So what was what was that thing? They like found a drone or something. Well, they I think they found they found it in the yard because he didn't pick it up. And so somebody just found it. And I think maybe they reviewed some security footage and saw something that might have been a drone. They never really got to the bottom of who it was. Um, so it seems like this is just a great like method of just doing stuff. Drones, man. It's a uh, it's wild out there. There's no laws. Um Man, did, Just like with these mysterious drones. Yeah, did, did I tell you guys about the, uh, there was like a weird police standoff basically in my backyard on Sunday. Um, like I woke up at, it was like 11 o'clock and there was somebody talking over a bullhorn and I couldn't make it out. And I tried to go back to sleep, but it kept happening. So I finally got up and looked out my back window and there was like a full ass police standoff going on in the apartment complex that's adjacent to mine. So there was like a big, I don't know, it's like a seven foot fence between us. But there were, there must have been like 15 or 16 police vehicles out there, probably like 40 cops. And then the SWAT van showed up and they're like flanking this building. And at one point they got out these drones and the drones are all like flying around, like looking around corners and stuff like that. Uh, and eventually... I don't know what happened. I don't know. The SWAT team like went in with their shields and their battering rams and stuff and brought out what what looked, from where I could tell, like one 17-year-old kid uh, like in handcuffs. Um, but Oh, you see, what, what had happened was that he, uh, he worked at a Starbucks and he wrote, I hate cops oh on the God, card. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> so it was totally justified. Fuck, yeah, that's, um, that's a way better topic. So, yes, yeah, let's let's talk about, like, this, this rash of cops who are making everybody on social media think that, like, Antifa is working at, like, Starbucks and McDonald's and stuff like that. The, uh, yeah, so the, the story here was a cop in Junction City, Kansas... The cop hatingest capital of America right. got back to got back somehow got all the way back to the station and noticed that somebody had written the words fucking pig on his receipt on his uh, what like gr- his McDonald's his, coffee. Like, grande latte with three sugars in it or whatever. And eventually, and and so this blew up on social media. The chief of police's daughter made it go viral on social media. And then not 12 hours later, the McDonald's location was like, we've reviewed all of the tapes. Like, nobody did this. This wasn't a thing that happened. It certainly wasn't. Which people immediately pointed out. Like, people immediately pointed out, like, that's not a thing that happens, like, it's McDonald's. They just give you your coffee. Like it's not Starbucks. You don't right. give them your name. They don't write your name on it. Like it doesn't. It doesn't really make 
any sense. But no, but of course, like, you know, everybody was reporting it as fact. Sure. Uh, I think the company had like issued an apology and I guess they said like, oh, yeah, we're going to look into it or whatever. Right. And then they did, which <laughs> was not that hard to do. And so, yeah, then the guy just, uh, you know, admitted like, oh, no, I it was it was a joke um, and then resigned as as a as a cop. Oh, did, um, didn't even get fired. Resigned. He didn't get fired. Well, technically, no. People reported that he got fired, but they listed it as a resignation. So I'm sure they told him, like, hey, you should probably resign. And he said, okay. I don't know, man. But he wasn't, like, officially fired Look, this, legally I mean, or whatever. The, the whole thing about, like, cops being able to get away with this sort of thing implicates so much about our police system. But it also implicates a lot about the way news is reported, right? That something blows up on social media and every news outlet is like, well, we need this story because that's what drives clicks. And nobody actually does the fact checking. Nobody actually like calls the location like, hey, did this thing happen? Well, it just sounds so believable, right? I mean, you know, you know how McDonald's employees are. They're just always out there hating cops yeah, working totally. at McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, I mean, when I go to a McDonald's, it's just to meet guys who are in Antifa. I don't really like the food. I'm just <laughs> right, looking right, for yeah. an Antifa boyfriend. <laughs> I thought it, I thought Antifa guys were all were all vegans though. They're all they're all soy boys. You don't get there's no soy version of the McRib. I'm just saying. That's why the ice cream machine is always broken. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't known anybody in Antifa in a long time. I knew like a couple black block people when I was living in the Bay Area at Berkeley. I knew some people that did black block stuff like way back when I was in college. But I, yeah, I, I can't say that I know. Uh, I mean, probably people in Antifa are not that public with their identity. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> right. I don't really know. I'm not sure if well, Antifa is really vegans or not. Yeah, and if you're working at McDonald's, usually you're working there for, you know, you're trying to pay the bills. They only get paid, like, basic minimum wage, right? Yeah. So it's not like you're not looking to get fired from this job if you're working at McDonald's. That is the most, like, one of the most degrading jobs in the country right now. If, if you're working there, you're probably looking to keep your job. Yeah, there was just, I don't... I don't know that much about this, actually, but there was just a big sexual harassment lawsuit um, from the like a class action lawsuit of like many, many uh, McDonald's workers um, suing McDonald's Corporation for like pervasive sexual harassment. Like is McDonald's is a franchise, but uh, it, it was a really big problem there. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was that was pretty great. Crazy that that story was not really covered but yeah they ended up settling and paying out like 20 million dollars or something like that so it's like it does seem like they're kind of admitting like yeah some some not great stuff was going on there but you know hey just pay them you know 20 million dollars and then you can just keep on keep on keeping on over there yeah <laughs> because what is what is 26 million dollars to mcdonald's do you really think that they're going to be like whoa we really have to crack down on this sexual harassment or whatever or else we might lose like you know 0.2% of our, you know, income every 20 years. You know, class yeah, that's, that's a really good point, Brendan, right? I mean, when you look at, uh, like, uh, like Chick-fil-A finally stopped donating to, like, anti-LGBT causes, and a whole bunch for, of people... For, like, Twitter, a weekend. Yeah, and, and a whole bunch of people on Twitter were like, I'm never eating a Chick-fil-A again. It's like, 
Yeah, you will. <laughs> you're absolutely going to go there on fucking Monday. Like you're going to forget about now this Now they thing. feel the same struggle that we felt, you know, just like, uh, I, you know, I, I want a chicken sandwich that aligns with my values. <laughs> right. It, and it's getting harder and harder to only like eat at restaurants that hate gays. Like it's just tough out there <laughs> yeah. for, that, for that crowd, you know? Yeah. What do you, I, what do you really have at that point? I mean, uh, Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel. Uh, for sure. Uh, uh, I don't That's I, I, That might be it. Yeah. I'm not, I, I like, I was like trying to think of which chains would probably. There's that, yeah, there's that shitty, uh, that that group of what's the 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 coffee guys? It's like the you know there's like those ultra conservative coffee company. Like all of their ads are like them shooting AR-15s at a Keurig or something like that. Oh my god! Oh, was that back when everybody was throwing away their Keurigs for some reason? Right, I don't yeah, remember. Yeah. I loved that. That, that was, was one of my favorite things that happened when all of the Trump supporters were like throwing away their Keurigs, like. <laughs> <it's> just- <laughs> <laughs> like I'm gonna break this stuff that I bought, but that's the thing though about about you. all of this stuff that like we we are all living in this consumerist economy and uh, it, we've we do this sort of like replication of mass movement through consumer choices. I know uh, it's it's really stupid. Well, it's it's stupid. It's also completely ineffective, right? Because because they know. They know that, like, if everybody decides to boycott McDonald's because somebody wrote fucking pig on a coffee cup, like, they'll all be back. They'll all be back in, like, three days. Everyone will forget about it. There will be some new outrage. It's like, all of the people who got rid of the Keurigs or uh, who got rid of their Nikes when, uh, like, Nike said that, you know, they're they're hiring, hiring Colin Kaepernick as their new brand ambassador or whatever, like they'll be back. They'll, they'll be back in like less time than it takes for this news thing to, you know, get out of the cycle. Yeah. I mean, by the way, I'm definitely not saying that, like, I'm not saying that I, like, I try to not, I try to where I can not buy stuff from companies that are especially horrible. I think that that's like fine. To oh do. yeah. I've I been, just, I I've just been don't think that's like, I've got bad news for you. You can't. Yeah, you no, can't I, yes, <laughs> totally. Nope. I, I know. I mean, it's like you, all, all companies are, you know, there is no ethical consumption under capitalism, but that's right. Yeah. You know, like I don't buy the homophobe chicken sandwich just in case right. it does something. Yeah, I've been, I've, I've been boycotting Chick-fil-A for like 20 years because it's just not that good. It's, yes. Yeah. They got that Popeye sandwich now. You could eat it guilt free. Only knowing that you're supporting Popeyes, which I'm sure is also well, Brandon. Great, I, I hate you know. to break this to you, but uh, Popeye is an Assadist. Oh, it's the it's the Pope. Ca- Pope, yes, has turned oh, on yeah, us. That's right. Yeah. Popeye is a trad cat. <laughs> I don't know that much about trad cat stuff. Is that like? I mean, I know it's traditional Catholic, but that's like a leftist thing now. Like, there's like leftist trad cats. Is that no? Is that going on? Not, no, I don't think so. It's literally just Liz Brunig, and the rest of the trad cats are like super hardcore conservatives. I don't think that Liz Brunig is a trad cat. She's, I mean, she's Catholic, but I, I don't think that that's what people mean when they say trad cat, right? 
I don't know. No, no, I don't think so. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to take the piss out of Liz Bruning. I think she actually listens to the show. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that the the Pope was throwing hands though? So the the Pope is Antifa now. So maybe maybe Tradcat oh, yeah. is what was that all is about? leftist. <laughs> Someone grabbed his hand and he like slap fighted her. Because, you know, that's how you do if you're the Pope. Yeah. You just you just punch your... See, what he should have done... slap your followers away. What he should have done was that thing that you do with little kids where you, like, put your hand on top of their hand and then oh, they have I to put their thing, hand yeah. on top and then you just, like, keep pulling out from the bottom. <laughs> yeah, just do a little switcheroo right. on them. <laughs> do, like, a... Do, like, a I've got your thumb... I've got your thumb <laughs> uh, move on them and stuns them every time. That's how you get to be a saint. I like this little story out of this uh, Omaha World Herald uh, thing about uh, a, a fire got started in Lincoln. Um, Lincoln and police fire crews responded to a fire at an apartment complex. They extinguished a fire on the third floor of an apartment building that caused about $4,000 in damage. Why did the fire occur? Officers learned that a 19-year-old woman had lit letters from her ex on fire and left them on the carpet before taking a nap. She said they weren't burning like she thought they would. The woman woke up a short time later to the sound of the smoke detector. Look, that just seems lazy. Like, if you're going to do... I I have been in that... I've gone through a bad breakup, and I have had that inclination to, like, burn things from my ex. Like, burn the letters, burn the, like... I blame Hamilton. This is all <laughs> Hamilton's fault. It brought letter burning back in a big way. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, like... You're going to start a fire on the carpet in your apartment and then take a nap. Take a nap has got to be, that's a euphemism for passed out drunk, right? Yeah, Look, I mean, it someone... seems like you should take the nap first. Like, rest up before you set the house on fire. Right, not after. right, right. As someone who, uh, when they were 14, tried to uh, smoke cigarettes in their bedroom on a sleepover and then just put the butts into the trash can uh, <laughs> and started a small fire... It could happen is all I'm saying. Like, you know, uh, sometimes you're just in an emotional state. You're not thinking about, uh, you know, you're not thinking rationally. I don't think she was thinking rationally because she was drunk <laughs> as shit. You don't start a thing on fire and throw it into the middle of your living room and then be like, hmm, I'm, I'm just going like, <laughs> to. Oh, man. So much great news of the last year. I, before we close it out, I do have to say. So I went and I looked at the top. The top politics news stories on Reddit from the past year. Uh, from 2019, in, not from the past two from days. From 2019. Yeah. Not from, yeah, not for the past two days yet. Uh, but yeah, this includes such classics as... Mueller closing in. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, it's revealed that the FBI previously opened an inquiry into whether Trump was secretly working with Russia. McConnell blocks the bill to reopen the government. Oh, Jesus. President Trump directed his attorney to lie to Congress about the Moscow yeah. Tower project. Re remember all this stuff, folks? It happened like 10 years ago. And it uh, it, it happened. Um, here's a classic one. Uh, Trump impeached. Remember that? <laughs> that? That happened. And it and it fixed everything. Well, Kate, so you're you're what pretty you? you're pretty much on on Twitter, right? Um, what, what's your perspective? Reddit to me seems like it's it's kind of the worst of the gamification of this sort of information. Um, yeah, Twitter I don't is really... not much better. 
I don't really go on Reddit. Sometimes I like to read Am I the Asshole? Like people will repost it sure. on Twitter sometimes. And then like... Oh, you just I'll follow the Twitter accounts at this point for like the best ofs, you know? Yeah, but I'm not, I don't really know a lot about Reddit. I mean, yeah, I don't know. So I, I wouldn't really... You know, there's there's the stereotype of like Reddit as like the kind of like ultimate neckbeard guy, men's rights or whatever. But I mean, I know a lot of uh, normal people go on Reddit too. But that's not that's not like I'm already online enough. I've never really like had the desire to be like I need to be more online. Reddit's like another level, <laughs> right? Yeah. Totally. But that but that whole gamification of information thing, I think is. Uh, it's it's not unique to 2019, but I think 2019 did start to expose some of the cracks in that edifice um, that we're we're headed into. You know, now we're going into a, a primary season where you've got people on Twitter who can just they can just say whatever dumb bullshit they want. And a thousand people will retweet it. Yes. It is dumb. <laughs> it is dumb as hell. I, I, yeah. Maybe maybe we'll just leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Subbed up the year yeah. pretty pretty succinctly. Yep. 2019, the, the dumbest year except for the year that we're headed into. All right. We'll take a little break. We'll be back for uh, taking it out for our first high notes of 2020. In that investigation, we have found that McDonald's and its employees did not have anything whatsoever to do with this incident. This was completely and solely fabricated by a Harrington police officer who is no longer employed with our agency. The actions of this former officer are absolutely in no way reflective of the values and the typical character of the Harrington Police Department. This was fabricated. Unfortunately, the very beginning part of this is the investigation that I conducted showed uh, this was meant to be a joke. However, we can see that how something so serious can get so out of control very, very quickly. The, now, this is absolutely a black eye on law enforcement. I truly hope that the former officer of the Harrington Police Department that did this, I hope he understands the magnitude of the black eye that this gives the law enforcement profession from coast to coast. None of us can be excluded from that. All right, first high notes of 2020. We got to set this year off. Yeah. Got to set it off high. Every show we like to end on a on a positive note every show it gets harder and harder to do <laughs> as as the world gets weirder and worse it does get harder to find true high notes yeah you know my high note i had a great break great holiday got to see lots of friends and family got to hang out with friend of the show danielle oh uh, nice that was pretty fun what i what i have to talk about though i saw the worst Star Wars movie I've ever seen. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, that was definitely uh, an entertaining experience. You know, on that Disney track, I started watching Gargoyles. Ironically, 
just because I thought it would be funny to go back and watch what it. What do you mean, ironically? Gargoyles is fantastic. Well, that's what I'm saying. And it always has well, been. Well, I had been, you know, the, I, I've been looking at the shows and, on Disney Plus, and, you know, most of them, they're, they don't hold up. And so I expected the same, and I was totally wrong because that show fucking whips ass. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this. Uh, I don't. I don't think anybody's ever had this take, but I think that Gargoyles was the first prestige television show. <laughs> I mean, I think they were trying to copy that, like Batman the animated series, like seriousness and mm-hmm. dark tone. So it does a really good job. Well, it's got the same guy in it, right? Doesn't doesn't Batman play uh, Goliath? Dude, that's or whatever? that's Keith David. And he is oh. incredible. Yeah, man, I, I expected it not to hold up, and it holds up amazingly well. And they are not afraid to like tackle the the tough issues head on. Like I was not expecting it, like at all. <laughs> so, so this high note is not about Star Wars at all, but in fact about gargoyles. Yeah, gargoyles is good. Star Wars is bad, <laughs> but gargoyles your, is good. Your, your intro was a little bit misleading. There. That's my that's my Disney take. <laughs> I will say though. The Star Wars was bad, but it was a it was a fun bad. I felt like sure. you know it wasn't like bad bad. It was definitely not boring, but it was not good. I wouldn't call it good. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen it yet. It's like the first Star Wars release that I I, I plan we we had planned to see it uh, on Christmas Day, and then like pretty much half of the family came down with the flu. So we were not going to, you know, spread that around like the stand or whatever. That's very kind. Yeah. We've so, got enough apocalypses happening. So I, so I still haven't seen it, but I've seen all of the commentary about it. And it doesn't look great. No, I, I'm excited for you to see it and, and share your takes because uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. Kate, to take are, you a, are, are you a Star Wars fan? I've only actually ever seen the... Like the really old ones. I haven't seen any of the new ones. That's all you need? Yeah, I saw the old ones when I was a little kid. Pretty much all you need. Uh, The previous Star Wars, I mean, it's so funny to me that they are able to take their like biggest media franchise in the history of the world. They paid $11 billion for it or whatever, and then give it to two completely like oppositional directors and then have to be like, oh, now we have to make a third movie. We've made two completely oppositional movies to each other. Now we have to close it out. So... And that's so weird, right? Because, I mean, they also shepherded the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which was, what, fucking, like, 40 movies 20 or movies, something? Yeah. All, well, yeah, but that all ended up being, uh, like, feeding into each other and developing towards some big climactic thing yeah, like in mostly Avengers Endgame. cohesive, you know? Uh, mostly it, cohesive, yeah. yeah. Yeah, on this one, I mean, I, I really liked... The Last Jedi, the previous movie, basically the twist was that the real enemy of Star Wars was capitalism, <laughs> is, the, is the message of that movie, um, which I did not expect, and I was I was delighted to to see. Then J.J. just made a U-turn. Is that, is that textual in the movie? Or is no, that's textual. I mean, do you remember in the movie? So in the movie, in the in the previous movie, they meet like Benicio Del Toro, and he's like oh, yeah. the, the safe cracker guy or whatever. They go to like the gambling planet and he's like, yeah, there's a lot of money to be made, you know, selling weapons. Yeah. The rich people are on both sides right. of this war. And so he totally. shows like, yeah. yeah, they sold weapons to the bad guys. They also sold weapons to those guys. They're making money on both sides or whatever is his like big, <laughs> big reveal at the end. Um, she is. But yeah, they they uh, they sadly didn't stick the landing on that message. <laughs> 
But but you're saying that your your high note then is um, going back to some of these older properties that that weren't so beholden to like capitalism, like Gargoyles, for instance. Yeah, I mean, Gargoyles is a show that by all rights, like, should not exist. Like, it's done in a style, like, most cartoons from that era are like The Simpsons or something like that, where an episode happens. Or DuckTales. Right. Uh, it's just like, like Adventure Tales of the fan. Week. There's no overarching sure. story. Gargoyles, you have to binge watch this shit. It's like, it's designed to be watched in order, and if you don't watch it in order, it's not going to make any fucking sense. They're right. constantly referencing, you know, things that have happened and changing the situation. And I'm just like, how did this get made? And of, of course, you know, it only got like a couple seasons before they were like, this is too expensive. <laughs> right. But it is it is amazing. You know, it's definitely from, you know, a different era of, of television. And it is one of the shows that I'm surprised holds up as well as it does. Like I said, first prestige television show gargoyles you you heard it here first folks on look at flannel it invented television kate willett you uh we i i tried to prepare you to do this segment what do you have for a high note you kind of mentioned it earlier but i am really excited about how much money bernie raised how many small contributions um, right. that is really cool he's outraised everyone by so much he's so and, greedy um, i can't believe this guy yeah i th- well i think you know obviously we should have public financing for elections and it shouldn't be like like a lot of people don't have enough money to donate to campaigns and stuff and like it, you know it shouldn't be that people have to pay for politicians to run these like huge expensive campaigns but um, it's it's definitely really cool at this point to see. So you're someone... saying that you're saying that if I picture Bernie Sanders like hunched over, rubbing his hands together, yeah, I saw that. That's a, giant a, pile that's, of money. that's a problematic. That's a problematic. Oh way yeah, to do this. I I am assuming that you're talking about like the pictures um in the media from uh like the announcement from the fucking about that. Washington Post. Was it from the Washington Post? I saw that briefly on Twitter, but yes, uh, it, it did certainly seem like it was playing into some anti-Semitic stereotypes there. Right. Right. And even though he's like consistently raising the most money out of any candidate, you know, he's still um, like they, they juxtaposed the like two headlines where it was like, you know, Bernie, um, you know, has the most money, but like he's not leading the polls. And then right next to it is a headline that's like, you know, Buttigieg fundraising, even though it's like tens of millions of dollars less, is like, oh, he's on an upward trajectory and stuff right. like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Buttigieg is doing that in the in the fucking like eyes wide shut like wine cave. That's where the real money is. They know. They know. That is where the real money <laughs> is. That's. I mean, that's the fucking problem. Um. So I think. I think the according to uh, what I'm seeing here, uh, Buttigieg raised um, 24.7 million um, in the fourth quarter, and Bernie raised 26 million in the fourth quarter. But um, you know, Buttigieg's is mostly from uh, very very wealthy people and bernie sanders is from yeah, big, it's big from teachers and, and like walmart right. employees and yeah. a- amazon warehouse workers um yeah nurses are also nurses, in there yeah. yeah i mean and from you know probably a lot of our friends too i definitely zoned yeah absolutely him. um but yeah i mean i i think it's really cool i mean and to me i'm just 
I'm feeling more optimistic about his chances than I've felt so far. And that is exciting, but also like a personal high note. I'm going to go to San Francisco next week and I'm very excited about that. I love it there. Um, I mean, I love it there because I have friends there. The actual city is like a libertarian dystopian hellscape at this point, (laughs) but but (laughs) it's, I'm excited to go to California and see people. What are you doing in San Francisco? I'm doing San Francisco Sketch Fest. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm really excited. Now, do you have to pitch sketches for that? No, or it's, just I'm just doing, I'm doing stand-up in? shows, yeah. Oh, okay. You're not going to do any... Uh, they, they don't, like, construct, like, improv troops? No. <laughs> do you think that would gain them or lose them business? If oh, they I'm, sure there's, I'm sure there's going to be some improv there. I mean, there is sure. improv, but I think, like, stand-ups and improv, like, tend to be very separate from each other. A lot of stand-ups hate improv. I don't really know if it works the other way around, but... Do you, stand- do you do you personally hate improv? Um, I hate <laughs> can most. We you, can we get you on the record? I hate most improv. I have seen really good improv. Like a re- really really good improv can be amazing, but just like watching some guy like fake brush his teeth or something, I don't know. Like from a stand up perspective, you're just like, why don't you just like write something down and prepare a little bit? It might be a lot better. Can you do just a like a thirty second? Like, what's your best bet that you're gonna present in San Francisco? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm joking. I'm not gonna fucking put you. On oh the spot no, like that. yeah, That's no, there, it's a, not like I would be able to do a bit, but I'm trying to like think of if I <laughs> like thought of any like good, uh, good Bernie Sanders jokes recently. I don't know. We'll just make fun of the make fun of the uh, horse whisperer guy who was like who seems to actually believe that Bernie Sanders supporters split all of their donations up by like tenfold. So it was like, like I'm going to make, I'm going to make 10 donations of 27 cents. That is, that is so funny that it's like for people who are like engaged in politics, especially on Twitter. Like, it's funny that there's just these people that were really mad at all the time that like nobody else knows. Like if I like see like a regular friend, (laughs) Like, what are you upset about, Kate? Um, I'm upset about the horse whisperer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's the horse whisperer? Uh, he's very bad. Yeah. Well, I guess that I guess that leaves me. My my high note for this week uh, is it's it's very silly, and I'll I'll take it back to uh, theatrical media. I I did go and see the movie the the cats movie. Oh, nice. And it was, that was fun. Good. it was fun to see the movie and it was fun to get back online and see what everyone else was saying about the movie. So have have either of you seen it? I, I couldn't even get my 80 year old grandma who was in Cats, who named her actual cats after Cats from Cats. She didn't even want to go see that shit. Wait, what the fuck did she name her cats? Her That's cat amazing. was her cat was named Jenny Any Dots. She's she's had all kinds of cats. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh it was exactly what you have read online. It's an incredibly bizarre movie. Um I actually walked out of it going I didn't hate that. It was it was weird. Like you kind of get used to the weirdness after a while. Uh, people were talking about like Was it super long? Cuz like isn't the show like 3 hours long? They probably cut some stuff or something. Yeah, no, it's like uh 
I'm say like 180 minutes or something like that. They should just like do it like a podcast where you just crank up the speed a little bit just to I'm watch sorry, the whole three hours. Is three hours? No, it's it's <laughs> way it's way shorter than that. It's like 100. No, maybe maybe it's 180 minutes. I don't know. Yeah, that's pretty long. That's epic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was pretty long. It was pretty long. All of the like the weird CGI stuff was very strange, but um, not knowing a whole lot of the show before I went into it, I came out of it going like, eh, some of the musical numbers were pretty cool. It was all right. Uh, but I have been very much enjoying all of the other commentary on it. The, you know, people talking about like, I'm not sure if I've been in this theater for five minutes or 50 years. And that's, uh, yeah, that's pretty true. It is, it's uh, psychedelic. Yeah. It seems like it would, that would be the right way to watch that movie psychedelically. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. No, I, I, I'm actually glad that I was not um, tripping when I saw it. But the next time I watch it, yeah, I, I think you'd have it, to watch it again and be like, oh, I actually, I actually wasn't. I thought that yeah, I was. No, no. <laughs> I think, I think the thing is actually going to become a cult classic because it's so, it's just so odd, just everything about it. And at the very end of it, Judy Dench stares straight down the barrel of the camera. And like lectures you for three minutes about how you should talk to cats. Oh yeah, uh, which is the addressing yeah. of cats. Classic, yeah. classic. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, it doesn't help that that like the originator of that part was like a huge uh, operatic baritone. Uh, oh yeah, like black dude, and so he was really like operatically pronouncing the cat law or whatever. Sure, it was very dramatic. Like commanding on stage. the stage, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, a little bit of a miscast on that one. It was extremely weird seeing Judy Dench like stretch her leg behind her head at one point. <laughs> Did that really happen? Oh yeah, that's a thing in the movie. Someone, someone sure. was telling me about that, and I was like, "There's no way that's like a Twitter joke. That's a Twitter joke that there's nope. no way that that, that actually that is, happens." That is definitely a thing that happened in that oh movie. My God. <laughs> Do they CG it? Because can do can Judy Dench actually? No, I don't think so. It must have been CG. That's just why. Can you imagine <laughs> if you like work at some visual effects house and you're like, "Hey, can we you take Judy Dench and then Photoshop it onto like a cat licking itself?" can you get that that'll take you like six months but um just if you could have it by december that would be awesome so if you could just work on this like every day for six months and just that's more or less the story of the production of this entire movie oh my god i'm gonna say i'm gonna say though i didn't hate it it was it was super weird and i understand why everybody else hates it but i don't know if you if you have some acid and have like an extra five bucks to go and see a matinee. I would say go see it. Here's what you think I think. Cats would be good on acid. Yeah. On, on acid yeah. would be would be great. On mushrooms, I think less fun. Okay. Here's what I would suggest: instead of going to the Cats movie, just like find a local theater who's doing a production of Cats. And go to that on acid instead, and you will have a way better time. Well, that's the I thing about you. it, right? That like, uh, like the reason everybody liked Cats, the stage play, was because it broke the fourth wall so intentionally, and like the cats would come out in the audience and they'd like dance with people or like interact with the audience and stuff. And well, it's a really dance-focused show as well. I mean, it's like yeah. it's almost like a chorus line. Like each person gets up, they do their song, they do their dance. It's different styles. It's right. di- yeah, it's a review. But I mean, it's yeah, it's more or less vaudeville. 
<laughs> right. But so to have take a dance focused show and just change it to like badly generated cartoons, it's like it just defeats the entire purpose. Some of the dances were pretty cool, though. I mean, the like like when the Jellicle Ball actually starts, it's like it's like 10 minutes of just them doing a dance routine, which was I don't know. It was kind of cool. I didn't know what the fuck I was in for, so <laughs> I was just—I was just sitting through it. I, I was just—I was just along for the ride. Well, I look forward to. Uh, you should see Frozen two next week, and then give us your download of all of the. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, most most disappointing films. For, for Frozen two and Star Wars nine. We'll do a we'll do a little uh, like holiday season media roundup oh, next week. Well, there's so many bad movies to look forward to. <laughs> nice. And I'm going to take mushrooms during all of them. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's the end of the show, everybody. All right. Um, well, thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Yeah. Thank you, Kate Willa, for, for joining us. Uh, what do you want to plug while you're on the um, show? Just uh, follow me on Twitter at Kate Willett with two L's and two T's. I have an album on Spotify. I have a comedy special on Netflix. Uh, yeah. Just uh, check out my stand up if you want to. You've been terrifically fun. We're so glad we had you on the show. Um, Thank you, you for having to... me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, if you want to follow the show, of course, we're on Twitter at liquid underscore flannel. And I'm on Twitter uh, pissing off a bunch of conservatives with my anti-cop tweets at Matt the Great with the W. And I'm at Brendan Williams with one L. Happy 2020, everybody. We're back. We're back with a vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it could end up good. We could end up... It, it could It could be that uh, by uh, mid-November, we have elected President Bernie Sanders and a bunch more progressive people. It could end, it could end up good. And then Inshallah. we can go back to brunch and uh, problem solved. <laughs> go back <laughs> to brunch, never do anything. Yeah, I mean... Again. We're going to pivot the show to brunch review. As a girl boss, that's where I belong. I belong in front. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Thanks again, Kate. I'll see you later. Thanks. Bye.